Everybody's off and running on the start of their indie ball season. So join us as we discuss every league here on the Indie Ball Report podcast. We're back on, let's see, it's episode 16, right? Lucky number 16, yep. Exactly, we're getting good. We're going to have the bonus episode out early next week, probably Sunday, Monday, sometime like that. You know, one of those days. Any case. One of them days. Yeah, where we do the deep preview of the American and of uh, Frontier and Can-Am. But being that their seasons have all started, we're going to discuss what's already happened and go with a light overview. Not the full, like, 40-minute press that you're going to get uh, for the later time. But figure at least 10 minutes on each thing here. Obviously, Atlantic's still going to get the bulk of the time, but that's because they've played a lot. But we'll also talk Frontier, because they've played a decent bit. And American got their season started Thursday night with a 13-inning affair in St. Paul, to the point where the lights went off on them, <laughs> which was fun to watch that. And also the Can-Am League got going on Thursday, and they have their real official kickoff now. On uh, Friday night, where we're going to see Sussex raise their banner. But before we get into all of that, let's just go ahead and kind of go through our usual paces, if you would. Yeah, I mean, I think we, we've seen a lot of good baseball up until this point uh, in in the season, uh, especially in the Atlantic League. It's good to see these leagues kind of getting off getting off the ground a little bit here. Um, you know, I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how uh, we've talked about a little bit in the off season, but I think it's going to be interesting to see how Sussex County kind of gets out of the bat. Obviously, they started off really well. Uh, what now? What now is now Thursday night um, with a big win. Uh, so I think that's going to be a good thing for them. And you know, just to kind of progress forward to see how the Can-Am League does. Obviously, very interesting uh, game out there in St. Paul at 13 inning kind of bonanza affairs was a lot of fun as well. Uh, so yeah, I think there's a lot of good stuff to talk about today. Um, and certainly in the Atlantic League, we've seen some teams really kind of separate themselves. We've seen the the bad teams really you know start to start to start to sink a little bit. Some surprise, some surprise teams struggle, uh, and obviously the High Point Rockers, man, they just keep uh, keep on rocking, for lack of a better word, because they're just get, keep going. And um, you know, what are they, twelve and eight right now? I mean, that's incredible. There sounds like that. They're four and one in the week, and I think that's a good place to jump in at. High Point's been the surprise team so far. They are rocketing up. Still only third place in the Liberty Division, and you have Long Island and you have uh, Somerset in front of you. Third place is pretty good, especially with a winning percentage over 600. Yeah. I mean, any other division, you're in first. Now, granted, there's one other one, but, you know, point yeah. remains. Point remains. Their offense has been very good so far. Pitching-wise, had a couple of hiccups of a five- and a six-run game Thursday, and I believe, actually, I think it was both Thursday and Wednesday of last week, they had so that bit of a hiccup, but since then they came back, they won three in a row against Somerset. And yeah, no, they've been a surprise team out of the gate so far, playing very well. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, at some point we'll, we'll see a cooling effect. I mean, we yeah. have to. Um, but you know what? Maybe not. I think that the Rockers are one of those teams where if they, they keep going like this, man, they could sneak into the playoffs. Uh, Long Island and Somerset, they gotta watch out. You got a really good team, uh, apparently nipping at their heels. So you gotta watch, especially Long Island didn't have the best week. Um, and certainly Somerset losing three. Uh, didn't have a good week either. So, I mean, we're, you know, we're at the point in the season where it's early enough to kind of look at it and say, well, we'll see what happens still. 
But, you know, we're starting to get a good picture of which teams are going to be good and which teams are going to be bad. And I think for the most part, we've kind of ironed that out, um, you know, pretty much is what we expected, like in the preview. Um, however, if you look at uh, a team like Sugarland, they've been, you know, they've been really struggling at this point. And I think it's going to be very important to see kind of how they go from here. Uh, you know, another team that really is interesting that I want to highlight is New Britain. I mean, New Britain hasn't done anything but, uh, you know, not play great baseball at this point. And it, it's really surprising. I thought they were going to be a more middling team. Same thing with Lancaster. Uh, would be two more middling teams, but really neither of them have been any good. <laughs> I mean, both New Britain and Lancaster have just struggled mightily. Yeah, no, spot on with that. Uh, New Britain, they're, part of their problem is the teams they're going to be playing are just very good teams. I mean, they haven't really had that much of a break so far. And even the teams where you think, okay, but we have a shot, like you're saying, with uh, Lancaster and with York, they're just more or less down an even playing field. Uh, when you're going against Long Island, that's basically the mid-2000 Mets then you're not going to be winning games as an independent league team. No. Uh, Somerset's just, they're a better team. Oh, yeah. And it just seems like High Point's playing possessed. So off the bat there, <laughs> that kind of limits your pull down to just Sugarland, whom I'm not sure they've played yet. I don't think they have. But even if so, then, yeah, not much better. No. So. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think that that's going to be a big issue uh, for them. And it's really, uh, you know, somewhat surprising. I thought they were going to be a more middling yeah. team. But, you know, York hasn't disappointed me. They've really gone on a bad losing streak here. And uh, Oh, yeah, no, they managed <laughs> to just, they, they shot themselves in the foot. Like, last week, I thought, oh, now they're trending up. They're starting to get everything figured out. And what happens, immediately they go from five in the power ranking back to their eighth spot. Yep. With going, let's see, what they go this week? Oh, one and six. One and six, yep. Amazing. Uh, five wins, I think, on the season. Uh, five yeah. and six, yeah, I mean, that's... That's unbelievable. Uh, maybe, maybe 25, maybe kids. <laughs> I know, like, that's the thing. Like, I see, once again, I saw the previews of going, oh no, they're going to be fighting for that second spot. They'll take it. They'll be out for, yeah, no, that just, I didn't see it. Like, their bullpen is just that big of a problem. And I understand they have some really nice bats. They do. They do, yeah. Like, Castile's really jumped up. He's one guy we didn't really expect, but, like, Multi Mace has been on Cold Street. Dotel hasn't done much meaningful. Um, Coronado's played good, but even then, you know, two guys, what do you do? You know, even if you get three guys, okay, a third of your lineup's hitting. I mean, that's been the problem with Southern Maryland. For a while, they had over half their lineup batting under 200, and you're not going to win games like that. No. Uh, which they have also been a surprise team, Southern Maryland. So. Yeah, they've also been surprisingly worse <laughs> than we thought they were going to be. Well, yeah, but then they bounced back this week. They had a decent week. They I did mean, have a good week, um, but. I mean, three and four, but. Two wins coming against Long Island. That's a pretty good. That's impressive. It, it was a good run. I mean, it's a good thing that you know you, you're going to get teams that are a little bit lesser beat them. Um, but again, they are finally they, they've kind of reached that more middling level. Mm. That, you know, was a little bit below where we expected them to yeah. be. Um, so for me, you know, it was a little bit surprising that they're a little bit worse. But at least they're not in the basement. You know, yeah, no, they're not in the basement. I didn't really think they were ever going to be. Once again, like I thought, that was going to be a really close race at the end of the year. You know, that 55 to 65 win mark with them in Lancaster, which it seems like it's turning out to be that right now. I mean, obviously bad start. I think they've had their 6 and 11, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, that's not great. But once again, they're kind of figuring it out. Their pitching's getting together. It's their bullpen that's failing them, similar to York, only not as bad as York, because at least they have two arms they can rely on in there. <laughs> York, I really don't think there's anyone I trust in the bullpen. I could pitch for York right now. I'm, I'm getting loose. <laughs> I mean, really, it could. I mean, like, right now, it's that bad. Yeah. You're wasting starts from guys like Grimes, who was going out there, throwing his heart out. I mean, 
I'm pretty sure his ERA is still below one. Oh, yeah. Like, you can't do much better. It's, honestly, at this point, I, I don't know how you fix that bullpen. At this point in the season, it's, it's kind of getting late there to figure that out. I mean. Yeah, it's getting late early out here with your bullpen. There's no doubt. I mean, there's no doubt. I, I think the only way that you really fix the bullpen is kind of hone in on a few, uh, a few free agents or a few guys. Uh, from the Can-Am League that play well here, or the Frontier League that play well here in the next couple of weeks. Um, and then once once that happens, maybe you can kind of purchase some contracts if you're York. But, I mean, I don't see them turning it around. Yeah, no, it just it seems like you're doing too much. Like, you can't lose the season the first... Well, you can lose the season the first month, but can't win it there. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, no, Jack and Grimes' uh, ERA is now over one. But only slightly at 1.16. Ooh. So. <laughs> let me tell you, that's. <laughs> it's just not good enough. You can't even let up one run. <laughs> that's unbelievable. I mean, think about how great the year he's having. He's not going to be there much longer with a 1.16 year Give me a break. He can't. Purchase. It's like he has to be. And then when that happens, then what? I <laughs> mean, night. yeah, your top two stars are gone. Grimes and Detweiler. So then it's going to be Dan Miner and Troy Trezzi that are going to be doing all the heavy lifting there, Ooh. which. I mean, like, less than ideal, maybe they're able to handle it, but right now, like, you look at their whole pitching staff, and it's Josh Judy that I like the best, outside of, uh, uh, Grimes, but even yeah. then, Judy's just, like, a pretty, you know, average bullpen guy. Middle-of-the-road bullpen guy. Yeah, I mean, that's about eight innings pitched, and an ERA just over three and a half. I mean, that's fine. I mean, it's like, fine. if this whole, if the whole bullpen was like that, then your bullpen's good. Right. Your bullpen's fine, but you're not going to have that, and you haven't had that uh, with your bullpen this year. Exactly. So that's a problem for them, but, I mean, they're going to need to figure something out. Either you got to score a lot more runs, like I covered this week. They were scoring runs. They were tied for second in runs four this week, but they were also dead last in runs against with over 40 runs against. And you can't have 40 runs against and let's see, what was it, seven games? Yeah. Like, that's, that's a lot of run. You can't. You, that's putting way too much pressure on your offense to do that. Yeah, that's way too much pressure on your offense. It's not. It's not going well. I mean, you just can't have that happening. Uh, into especially in today's game, you have that. the bullpen has to be a strength. You're not having starters going, you know, seven, eight innings anymore. Exactly. It's two times for the rotation, so that's normally around the fifth inning they're coming out. Yeah. Maybe six if they're growing strong, but it's just it's a major problem for them. They need to figure that out really okay. quick. But uh, going over to Lancaster, though, they got a little bit better. Their pitching's been very good, too. Uh, a bit surprising with how they handled Somerset. They stole one, but then, you know, kind of got smacked. Uh, it's been up and down. Yeah, I mean, this week wasn't great, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, but I think that, overall, they haven't been terrible. They've been very up and down. Uh, obviously, more in that very lower tier at this point. But I do mm. think they, they can climb their way out of it. Like you said, they've pitched well. Uh, they haven't hit the ball particularly well, but they've pitched well. And I think they're 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 a scrappy team. They're a team that is yeah. not going to quit uh, very easily, and we pointed that out last week. So mm-hmm. I think if if we continue to see that progression from them that we saw, uh, you know, if if the team that plays and beats Somerset comes every night, then you've got you know then you, you got, got a, a team, threat. Yeah, you got a team that's a threat. But I haven't seen that yet. And I think the the key to them is consistent offense. It doesn't have to be you know five six runs a game, but it's got to at least be three to four. Exactly, it has to be. Something, because once again, it's another team where bullpen's pretty average, starting pitching's pretty average, so you kind of assume, okay, it's going to be three runs against tonight, so your minus has got to be five. Five runs is, I think, their number, because give or take, 
you know, it's it's pretty spot on there. The team I wanted though talk about heavily are Sugarland and what's happened there. I mean, yeah, they've fallen off. Huh? Yeah, which just a quick bridge here. Thanks, Atlantic League, for putting up on your disabled list that was Gian Santi on the disabled list, and for after we tagged you in just about everything we posted, not even telling us, oh no, he's disabled right now. Unbelievable! It's unbelievable. It's like you know. I wouldn't have went on my rant, and then when I found out, oh no, he's playing, he's just on the disabled list, he's playing now, I had to cut a lot of stuff out of that show, because there's a whole rant about that, and I had to trim that down. And it was a good rant, too, it was a quality rant, and we're very upset about that, I'm just letting you know, Atlantic. Exactly, it was very coherent. But <laughs> well, I mean, you know. <laughs> it was moderately coherent. <laughs> Anyways, but, you know, they had, they got Gene Santi back. And he proceeds to go 0 for 9 to start. And then I think it was, he wound up being like 1 for 11. And it's just, it's been a slow going so far. I mean. It's only 11 at bats. He'll be all right. It, you know, any time that you you start the season later, you know, he didn't have the spring training. He didn't have Exactly. You're already starting from behind. He's starting from behind. He'll he'll pick it up. I have full confidence in Giansanti being one of the impact performers uh, for Sugarland as we go through the season here. Obviously, it's good they got him back off the DL, but it certainly didn't help them uh, last week, let me tell you. Oh, no, uh, now I'm looking at the baseball reference page for him. Not great for you, Giansanti. 0 for 26. Now, 0 for 10 20. strikeouts. See, again, it's early. It's his first 26. But he did back. draw a walk. He did draw a walk. Let's take it easy. Score three runs. Scored three runs. I don't get on base. He only walked once. Hit by pitch. Hold on. Did he? Hit by one pitch. See, there you go. How else did he get on base? <laughs> it could have been a, you know, I, I, strike out and reach base. Or something like something that. Like that. I don't know. But he got three runs scored in six games played. But he has yet to get a hit. So, obviously. It's only three games. It's only three games. Six games. Oh, six games. Excuse me. Three runs. But, uh, any case. Yeah, no, that's going to be something you're going to need to uh, correct. Okay. Uh, if you don't correct the fact that your team captain and your team MVP last year, the guy that should be kind of propelling your team, isn't getting hits, isn't getting hit, then... <laughs> isn't getting a single hit. <laughs> yeah, then that's a problem. Uh, I think it'll be okay. Oh, yeah, yeah no, I'm not that concerned about it. I think it's one of those things where you got to work yourself out of. If he winds up pulling a Chris Davis on us and it's like 0 for 36, if let me put it like this. If he winds up being 0 for 30, now I'm concerned. Like, all right off the bat, I'm watching it. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, he knows how to hit, though. He'll just kind of hit himself out of it. If we get to 0 for 30, 0 for 35, now I'm like, okay, even like, the put it like this, by the time he gets to 40 at-bats, if I don't see at least five hits, I'm extremely concerned now. I'm not, I'm not extremely concerned. These things take time. Hitting is all about timing and rhythm, and, you know, if he, if his timing is off just a little bit, he can go into an 0 for 40 slump really easily and then work himself out of it. Uh, I'm not that concerned with it. I think that Giansati has been a continually a great player and will continue to perform at a high level once he gets back into the rhythm of playing every day. I mean, I'm sure of that too, but even still, though, you can't have a guy in your lineup that's going over every night, especially coming into like now part of the season. Like we're starting to get into the meat of the season here as we're approaching June quicker and quicker. So it's a problem if you just have a guy with a black hole in your lineup. I mean, I, I don't think he'll be a black hole for for too much longer, but yeah, I agree that you know he needs to pick it up 
Um, I think it's going to be very important for him to do so. He's been a cog in that lineup last year, uh, and so if he doesn't really step back in, into that role, they're going to they're gonna be hurt by that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, early in the season we've seen it, uh, even with him out of the lineup, and now mm-hmm. with him in it not performing, the same thing. He really needs to be that guy who drives in runs um, and, you know, doesn't really necessarily hit for too much power, but gets on base, makes things happen. Exactly, and especially because he's kind of a utility guy. He can play yeah. the outfield, second base, third base, first base. He can do just about everything. If you want him to DH, he can. Obviously, right now, that's not a good proposition. But even still, he's the kind of guy you want to be putting in your lineup because he's a very useful guy. He's a very uh, kind of five-dimensional player. Yeah, and very so, versatile. Exactly. So you want to get him in the lineup. But as there comes a certain point, which I think we're kind of approaching here, and by the time we record next week, I think we'll know if we're at that point whether his versatility is worth the black hole. Because, once again... 0 for 26. It's a it's a meaningful thing. It's a slump. I it's mean, a six game slump. It's a slump. It happens. I mean, you know, these things, especially when you're dealing with a, a player who hasn't hit yet this season, you got to give him a little bit, a little bit of a break. I mean, a little bit of a break because he is pitching against guys who have now pitched their way into kind of mid season esque form, hmm. and uh, you know, he's hitting against them when a little bit of a uh, little bit of a, a back. Uh, you know, backdrop that he can't get to yet. His timing is probably down. Um, so once his timing is up and he kind of understands, uh, you know, feels himself out and he gets his swing ready to go, then he'll be in good shape. Yeah, I agree with that to a point though. But like against Long Island, fine, I get that. Against a team like even Somerset or High Point, I get that. He had York. You get York. It, it happens. It's, He's had York. Hitting a bit, hitting a baseball coming at you at 85, 90 miles an hour is one of the hardest things you can do. So it, it takes time. These things take time. It, you know, you got to get into the rhythm of the game. He's not used to playing every day. Uh, right now, he had a long off season. So after the championship, I'm sure a little bit of a hangover too uh, from that. So you know, we'll see what happens. I think I think Jan Santi will, will uh, kind of work himself out of it. Well, however he works himself out, he needs to do it soon. But at least for Sugarland's sake, they do still have. Uh Dennis Phipps, who's come up clutch a couple times, a grand slam to tie the game and then a walk-off shot, too. So he's managed to save some games for them, but even still, they've been struggling as of late, and I think that's the main point of all of this is they're not hitting, and yeah. their pitching has been suspect. It's uh, it's a major problem for them. Yeah, they've kind of fallen back. Their starters have fallen back into the same struggles that we uh, saw early in the season that we pointed out because, mm-hmm. you know, you've had guys that just have been – well, you've had some guys who left, right? You've yeah. had some uh, subtractions, and then you've had guys not really being able to step up in their roles. Exactly. It's just that run differential there is really what kind of makes me concerned. I mean, you're seeing like a minus nine, and that's a, that's a big thing in a week's time when you let up 36 runs in a week. Like, it's not as bad as York. But 36 is a meaningful amount when you only played six games. It's a bad week. There's no doubt. Everybody had a bad week with a bad six-game run. But, again, I think we got to be very careful with trying to count out uh, Sugar Oh, I'm not counting them out by a long stretch. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it's just my my point is this week has been a very, very bad week when, oh, you, yeah. when you have this and some of these troubles we saw earlier in the year and it was just kind of, a, oh, well, it's... It's the opening week, it's the opening 10 days, it's going to happen. They'll solve it out by the time we get to the end of the month. And now we're kind of at the end of the month, and now well, it's like... you know, they kind of figured it out for a little bit, and they went. now they've kind of gone back down into a, a little bit of a, a slump here, so to speak, for their pitching staff. I mean, I think they don't have, obviously, they don't have a 
uh, top tier pitching staff this year. But I think if they could pitch well enough, like they did in the middle part of this, you know, this month, mm-hmm. then they'll be okay. I think it, it depends on kind of where they go from here. If they kind of level out, then everything will be mm-hmm. all right. And they'll, they'll make the playoffs and all that. But they could really tank you. They could really um, go bad. Exactly, they can go bad if they don't fix it. Uh, I think when we're talking about concern with Sugarland, it's more or less a concern. Come September, come October. Right. I mean, we're, you look at the rest of the division. They have York, who we've kind of been harping on a little bit. But only five wins, 13 losses, uh, you're going to get harped on. Uh, Southern Maryland, who looked good to start, played terrible for a week, and now it's kind of regressed back to the mean. So they're not much better at 6-12. and 12, And then you have Lancaster that's 6-11. and 11. So it's a dogfight for second, but second doesn't get you anything in this league nope. until the second half of the year, in which case then... Uh, Maybe it does. Maybe. Yeah. Depending on who won your division, who's leading now. Yeah. So, I mean, really, that's where the fight is. It's for who's going to take that second place. And currently, though, those standings are exactly like I thought they would be. Sugarland, Lancaster, with uh, Southern Maryland nipping at their heels by a half game. And then there's York bringing up the rear. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, uh, for all of York's struggles, they're only, you know, a couple of games out, exactly. a game and a half out. That's their saving grace right now. It's like one of those... It's kind of like how a couple years back, where to look at football and you saw the NFC East, no. and it was eight and eight that wins a division. It's like, oh, or better yet, even you go back even further, the first time, like when the Seahawks started getting good, and yeah. they made the playoffs at seven and nine. Seven and nine, yeah. It's like, okay, well, that's not a very good record. You should have been out about week fourteen, but because everyone else in your division is not good, here you go. You're in. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, it's kind of one of those situations for them. They're lucky they're there. Yeah, you're uh, lucky to be. Looking to be anywhere near uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that second place position yeah. there. Which, for all of New Britain's mediocrity, if they were just in the other division, uh, they'd be solidly in. Uh, oh yeah. In second place, they'd be actually only five back of Sugarland, which Sugarland has benefited greatly from this too. I mean, if you were to flip them into the other division themselves, they would be in third. But I mean, not that great. No. I mean, like, <laughs> still, I got concerns about them. But uh, once again, though. They'll, they should figure it out. It's just they'll their... either figure it out or they'll just win. You know, exactly. Just so, they'll just be so much better than the other teams. Exactly. And, uh, exactly. But that's going to be interesting to see, though. Come postseason time, you have Sugarland there, and then let's just go with Lancaster because they're in second right now. Sugarland versus Lancaster in a five-game set. It's uh, a. That's just not a very interesting series. I mean, they, you got two teams that. Uh, um, that'll be so bad. Oh, nope. goodness. Oh, Sugarland versus Lancaster will be, it'll just be a, it'll, it'll be, be a, a slugfest. Oh, it'll be a pummeling. It'll, it'll probably be like a, it'll probably go five games just because it's, No way. It'll go five. No Here's way. Here's why it's gonna go five. Because Sugarland's not that great, and if they can't get starting pitching, the one good thing about Lancaster is they can hit bad pitching. No way. Lancaster will not, will not go five. I'm not saying they're, they're gonna win the series. Land. They'll go five. They'll win two. Yeah, they'll steal here. one on the road, and they'll steal one at home, and then they'll be blown out in game five. They're not going to steal one on the road. Get out of here. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. They'll get blown out in game five. Yeah, yeah. okay, sure. <laughs> Whatever you say. <laughs> I'm just saying, you're the guy who picked James Loney to lead the league in home runs, and yeah, he now he's on his couch. So, <laughs> I'm just saying, at least the guy that said High Point can make the playoffs is that. Oh, well, you know, hey. Who, and right now, IG and Santi not being an offset is looking pretty good, too. pretty good, too, yeah. I mean, if he keeps hitting over, I mean, then, yeah. I mean, at this point. A little caveat there, because it's DL stuff. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, it all counts. But, <laughs> <laughs> in any case, uh, 
But you'll get to that, and then it doesn't matter who wins that series, really when you get down to it, because it's going to be either Somerset, Long Island, or High Point that's going to beat oh, the other yeah. one's brains in. Oh, yeah. But that would be good for High Point if they start off with a winner. That would definitely go ahead and increase uh, attendance and get everybody in the stands. Yeah, no doubt. That would definitely help there. But, uh, yeah, no, that's, uh, it's going to be interesting for them. It Most will of- be, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how it all unfolds. I think, uh, you know, I don't know if, Lancaster kind of even has the guns to get into it. You, you know, you might be seeing Southern Maryland uh, in mm-hmm. there. Um, and then definitely, I mean, if Sugarland doesn't get it figured out and they keep on like a downward trend, downward spiral, they, they could they could really have some some problems. Yeah, no, they definitely could. It's, it's one of those things where they need to kind of figure it out and figure it out quickly. Yeah. I mean, it's, I really think what they're going to be looking at is like American Association teams by them and taking a look at them and, uh, they can't go, yo, if you're not going to be using them, we'll, we'll take them. We'll take them. Give them over here. <laughs> exactly. I mean, they're about equal quality leagues if yeah. you get down to it. It's just geographically, where are you? That's yeah. kind of it. So I don't imagine that they're going to be selling too many contracts to them, but certainly a Frontier League or a, a Can-Am League would be interested in selling a contract or two. Yeah, I could see a Can-Am League getting a, uh, contracts poached uh, a little bit as well. I think you could mm-hmm. see... Um, you know, teams like New Britain, York, and undoubtedly Sugarland, And even, you might even see Long Island because they've been raided a little bit as well. Oh, uh, yeah, no. Losing Tim Melville. And oh, yeah, no, they've been raided too. But, I mean, Long Island's benefit is, though, they still have enough power just to kind of go, yeah, no, we're going to keep doing this. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, but, you know, obviously as we get a little bit more in the season and injuries become more of a factor, uh, we'll see how teams kind of coalesce to that and figure out uh, ways to and an influx of talent. Hmm. Before we go on to other leagues here, I just want to quickly touch on uh, Long Island here. Long Island lost two games to Southern Maryland. Yep. Like, and you need to walk them off to win another one. Is it just that Long Island's kryptonite is Southern Maryland, or is it that Southern Maryland's, like, actually coming around again? It's pretty much just that uh, Long Island doesn't like playing Southern Maryland, it looks like, at this point. I mean, obviously... Uh, you know, it could be that Southern mm-hmm. Maryland is just coming back around, but I doubt it. I really do think that their teams, good or not, like Tom Brady, you know, always loses in Miami, right? It's, yeah. it's very similar to that, where you have teams that should just blow the doors off of uh, other teams, and for whatever reason, they can't seem to beat them. I think that's very much what's going on here. And so, you know, obviously that's something to look out for, because that could be a pitfall uh, later in the season mm-hmm. for them if they do play down the stretch and yeah. you know, you lose a series against uh, Southern Maryland, that could be bad. That's how funny it would be, though. Southern Maryland's the team that steals second place in the division. They somehow manage to beat Sugarland, and then they get Long Island, oh, and, and then Long them. Island loses in seven or something. Oh, that would be... That, that, I can see that happening. I can see it happening. See, that's the thing about Southern Maryland. I still think that that sneaky team, there's they guys there. I mean, like, obviously right now, they're not hitting great. I mean, it's Ruby Silva and Frank Martinez, and that's about where the line ends. Yeah. But the pitching's still good. I mean, like, their staff still was able to bring together stuff. Daryl Thompson's still pitching very good. Um, there's a bunch of other guys. Craig Stem, who's also pitching very good. He's looking like he's going to be a solid two there. Let's see, Brandon Crumpton, or Compton, has also uh, kind of settled into that third role that's been vacated when Dean left. So, I mean, like, the starters are doing their job. Obviously, the uh, bullpen's not doing great here. I mean, I'm still kind of against using Waitos as a closer. <laughs> I think if you, or when you lose Stem, I think 
what you're going to kind of want to do is go, okay, Latos, no longer closer for you. You're going to go out and start now, right. which, I mean, telling a guy, you're, you're just going to be a closer for a while. And then tell him, yeah, no, every fifth day now you're going to go out there and pitch for <laughs> like five times as long as you've been doing that to this point in the year. That, like, can, that can mess him up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think at this point in his career, though, Latos might not have the length for it. Uh, and that might be the reason why he's in that closing role right now. I mean, that's very possible, too. But, I mean, he pitched fine as a starter with uh, New Jersey last year. He pitched good. He just fell in short of qualifying, most <laughs> likely because of the suspension. But, you know. <laughs> that brawl was fantastic. Yeah, just, uh, and we, we mentioned it multiple times on that show. Matt Latest's brawl last year was great. It led to his suspension. But his pitching was only okay. I mean, I wasn't that, wasn't that impressed. I mean, he put up a high ERA. It was like four or something, right? It was in the threes. I was in the threes. Yeah, yeah it was still, three five. I mean, still, I mean, that's not, you know, obviously he, he should have been better, right? Considering the fact that he's supposed hey. to be this NLB, you know, guy. Hey, so. he's playing a batter's league. Uh, yeah. And balls fly out of Jackal Park really easily. Mm, it depends, it, depends. It flies pretty easy there, I mean. It's a big ballpark. Not that big. I mean, it's, it's not, big. it's not Sussex. Yeah, it's not Celsius, but it's still pretty big. And certainly not Rockland, who kind of weird notch in like their right field wall. Yeah, Rockland. Like right for the short work. Yeah, Rockland's kind of hard to hit. Right? Yeah, that, that's because it's steep. I mean, the wall is short, though, on like either side, left and right. But just center field, you just can't. Oh, you, know, you hit anything <laughs> You hit anything in the middle, it's going to be The gone. Grand Canyon. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like I was watching the game last night, and one was hit back deep onto the track. It was over five feet, it's gone. Instead, center field is just. Oh, goodness. In the inning. Oh. It's just, it's a hard ballpark to be a power hitter in. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so, I mean, it's, uh, I think Latos still could do it. I think, especially given what you have, I think you'd rather throw Latos in there, even if it's only temporary for a couple of starts. Yeah, I agree. It's only experience, too. That's a big factor in starting mm. pitching, is having an experienced starting pitcher is really a good thing. However, he's been pretty successful in that closer role, so it might be something to kind of leave him there as well. Yeah, that's true, too. I mean, that's also a possibility, but uh, Nunez is the other guy in that bullpen that's done well. He's uh, done well. The guy I'm kind of disappointed in that's uh, not really done as good as I thought was uh, El Hodge. El Hodge, I, I thought was going to be, yeah. yeah, I thought he was going to be a lot better than he actually has uh, turned out to be thus far, but, you know, it's... Yeah, these things happen. I mean, yeah. you know, he, he's had a little bit of a bumpy start to the year. Um, you know, his breaking pitches hasn't, haven't been, uh, particularly great, and his fastball hasn't been as lively, uh, as it was in the past. So, I mean, I think that's kind of his issue right now. Once he gets those things kind of ironed out, it might be mechanics, it might be just, you know, grip or where he is on the mound. It depends mm -hmm. on, you know, what, what, uh, they kind of look out there. And once mm -hmm. he figures it out, I think he's got a track, proven track record of being a pretty good pitcher. I and mean, so he can definitely, uh, once he gets that figured out, should be in good shape. Yep, and then just closing up on uh, Maryland real quick. Munson's also pitched well since coming over. Has, only yeah. three appearances, only like five innings or something like that. But still, he's pitched very well. No runs allowed yet. So yeah, I mean he's doing good. So that's another arm. So you got three guys in your bullpen. <laughs> that's uh, better than uh, York. Better than none. Better than none. <laughs> I mean, like I think that's going to be our barometer for the year, unless York shapes up or shapes out real quick. If they have until June before I go. Yeah, let's see. How bad are they on the York scale? <laughs> you know what? You know what? I just want to. I just want to say that it should be the New Britain scale because they haven't given me my peanuts yet. So <laughs> oh, that's coming. That's coming. That's coming. Don't you worry about it. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be a thing here now. If York were to throw you peanuts, if York does me peanuts, I'll lay off, man. <laughs> I won't. I want more than peanuts. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I want 
ticket inside that uh, fancy new club you got there. Yeah, give me one of those tickets and we'll discuss. I mean, I think that, um, especially in the case of New Britain and New York, they're very middling teams that could either be okay middling or they could be really, really bad. And, uh, you know, we'll see in this next, this next month will really kind of determine that. And so for me, I think that, uh, I, I really just need, uh, you know, New Britain to get me some peanuts. Oh, there. of course. We, we need a lot of peanuts from New Britain. And then I need I mean, the rockers to, to send me a replica of Hype the Horse. Uh, and, and that's all I want. That's really, I'm not, I'm not asking for a lot here. I'm just asking for some peanuts and Hype the Horse. All right. That's it. That's all I want. I mean, am I asking for too much here? I mean, I don't think so. I really don't think so. I think, you know. Depends. Are you going to be taking hype to the, uh, Old Town Road? Uh, Yeah, I'll I'll take uh, hype to the, uh, Old Town Road, uh, Billy Ray Cyrus style. Oh, that's good news there, which (laughs) I think that's going to be a real quick return over the seventh inning here before we jump into the other leagues here, because I think this is pretty good. I think we've talked about Atlantic enough. And so, uh, yeah, cue the little bugle noise put in. Yep, good. Okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> talking about stuff here, I just put out the uh, Can Emily Kite video. Yeah, that I thought it was pretty good. It it's was. Gotten, oh, yeah, it was It's great. gotten a good response. Um, also, you know who liked it? Ooh, so ooh. much that they sent me a fan email in the form of a, uh, a copyright strike. Oh! And the, uh, the record label. And you know what they said? I didn't credit the, uh, the uh, artist correctly. Oh! You know who's wrong? The record label, because you know what's on the screen for the first six seconds? What? Let the games begin, AJR, right in the lower left-hand corner. My goodness. Right there. So Did you respond kind? Oh, yeah, no, we filed a, uh, a dispute there, and for about the next 45 minutes after I saw that, because the strike came in, not even when the thing was up for a minute. It came in within 30 seconds of me uploading. I thought I was getting a little uh, notification saying, oh, your thing's uploaded. Instead, I got the... Hi, Indy Ball Report. Someone's filed a copyright strike, a copyright claim on you. I was like, oh, well, that's something. I figured this would happen, but I thought it was going to take five minutes, not 45 seconds. So that's being disputed right now. And this is the exact reason why I stopped doing the uh, team previews, because I didn't want this to keep happening. It's really annoying. It's frustrating. I mean, we, we try to put out something that is original art with, you know, the utilization of other songs and things and a compilation of, of videos and, and other things. And, and I think we should be allowed to use these things. I don't think we're yeah. infringing upon anyone's copyright. We're not taking music. Always well within fair use. use. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's well within fair use. Um, and, uh, you know, they got a problem with it, they could come talk to me, huh? I mean, it's one of those things where it really does piss me off when I see this, because it's essentially you're accusing me of being a thief, that I'm stealing their work. Right. And it's clear I didn't. I, first off, A, credited them, and B, if I use it in a transformative way, then we're all good, which is why I was annoyed about the Lancaster one, whereas, no, I'm using these clips in a transformative way, I'm not using them as highlights, I'm using them as examples of, look, this is what this player does, kind of breaking it down. It was a very different thing here, and I removed audio from that. I was using it more to illustrate a point than I was to show the highlight. It wasn't that same way. It was clearly transformative, but fine, whatever. Then when I used the song, I properly credited it the same way that, you know, most people should but don't, because, I mean, take a look at YouTube, at the numerous montages, you'll see dozens of songs there and whatnot, and, you know, it, it's annoying as hell, and it kind of it really pisses me off, and it's just... It's just not, I don't think it's right, especially when it's one thing if you file the claim here and it's a claim and you take the thing down. Okay, fine, then it's clear you have a problem with me using the song. 
It's another thing when I check the claim and then it says, no viewing restrictions, monetization will be removed, which wasn't monetized, which means there'll be ads running on it beforehand because I don't run ads on it. It's stupid. I'm not going to get any money off of it. And it's just going to restrict viewing if I run an ad on it. But now there's going to be ads running on it. That's not going to be us, by the way. That's going to be the record company that's running the ads. So just to let you know, that's not us. But I still think you should like the video. It's still all right. Um, it's a great video. I and mean, I just think that, you know, when you're dealing with these big conglomerates, it's like, you know, give me a break. You know, you're a giant record label. We're not doing anything that's outside the bands of uh, legality. So give us a break. You know, give me a break. Exactly. It's just one of those things where it's like, oh, wow, you want to take the 15 cents I'm going to make off of this? It's like, I, and, you know, the thing is that obviously it's not a real person from a... It's clearly a bot that it's did It's clearly a bot that does it. And I kind of... Ex- exactly. And I kind of expect it to be resolved. I mean, when we go, I expect, you know, some days from now. I mean, it's Friday now. I filed it late on uh, Thursday, but of course that was Eastern time. So it was probably end of work day for the West Coast where I think YouTube's headquartered. So I assume someone's going to review it either today or Monday. And I'll get a response sometime either Monday or Tuesday. That says, oh, yeah, no, we've worked it out. Yeah, no, you're fine. You're good. But, you know, if not, and even still, even if, it's an annoying process to have to keep going through. And it, it is. It just despair, it discourages us from creating more things like this. Because I want to keep doing things like this. I thought it was pretty fun. I thought it was a pretty good video. And it's got and a good response, too. Exactly. It's got a good response to it. And, frankly, it's just, it's, uh... It's just really annoying to have to keep dealing with this and time and time again. Disappointing, honestly. I mean, you know, you yep. work really hard on something like this, and then all of a sudden, here's this big this bot from this big, uh, you know, record company trying mm-hmm. to give you a hard time, and uh, you know, YouTube being really restrictive to those who are creating, attempting to create. I mean, it's, a, it's an unfortunate thing that's happening on the platform right now. Exactly. It's just, uh, it's also knowing that if I wasn't, uh, you know, the size we were at, if I was like NBC. Now, this wouldn't be a problem. Right. This would have been solved in-house. And so, it's just annoying. It really is, and it's going to continue happening. And I just kind of wanted to get that off my chest, because it's been bothering me since I saw it. Because it's just, once again, and that's just on the practical side of things. That's not to mention the fact that, essentially, when they filed that claim, they're accusing me of theft, which is, once again, nothing I did. I did not steal any sort of intellectual property. I openly said, this is not mine. This is, this belongs to these people. The clips used for, I don't believe any last longer than six seconds. So once again, that's, well, then, but even if they did last more than six, it's transformative in nature again. So, you know, it's, it's like I've done everything right. And then, you know, I get punished for doing it the right way. It's like, okay, well, I see how that's going to be. So. Yeah. Yeah. Forget it. Now, now we're going to start doing things the wrong way now. <laughs> yeah. That's it. But, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I think with that, I think that about wraps up our, uh, Seventh inning here. I think people have heard me complain enough for I'm now. Rolling out of you. Exactly. So I mean, and now that we're at about the about forty minute mark or so, I think now's a good time for us to go ahead, hit up uh, the other three leagues, give a light preview what we think so far of them, and uh, you know, kind of go from there. And then uh, once again, like we said, we'll go into a deeper dive on them later in the week. You'll see something put out. Stuff came up in the middle of the week. We can put them out now, but even still. Most of the leagues are just getting started. Even Frontiers only going to get about 10 games played. So they'll still be fairly relevant. Uh, some of the information is out of date from the prep work I did in the middle of the week. But, you know, stuff happens. <laughs> yeah, things happen. I mean, I think if we start off in the, the Can-Am League, mm-hmm. um, the Sussex Academy game was right what the Miners wanted, right? Oh, yeah, right yeah. from the get-go. Right they were dominating. The 
They were dominating. They looked like a team that's going to be really good. Uh, and I think that's going to be something in your preview. I have them, again, um, really competing for a top spot mm-hmm. um, in the Can-Am League. I don't know if they win it. I think there's a lot of good teams. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of baseball to be played. Rockland, as usual, will probably be very good. Yep, um, uh, Quebec again, a Quebec team that's dominated them historically. Yeah, I mean, that's, plus it was fun looking through like all the uh, past championships. How much does it suck to be a Jackals fan for like this one stretch of like, it was 2009 to 2014, five straight appearances, four times you're eliminated by Quebec, oh. and then one time by Rockland. Oh, like yeah. that just that hurts. That stings. I mean, I think the Jackals have had. I've had these issues come up, uh, you know, time and again, where they just lose. It's just the wrong. Oh, you know, time. they're like honestly, what they remind me of a lot is almost like a um, a St. Louis Blues when they were first founded. They're yeah. constantly making the playoffs, they get to the finals, and then they lose. And like the Buffalo Bills. From the oh, night. they're it's worse than the Bills. At least the Bills only lost four times. If that's the thing. It's like, and the worst part is, it was like they lost four games to one, and they lost three games to one, and they lost four to two. Then they lost in seven, and then they lost in six. Yeah, I mean, it's like in the most heartbreaking way. Oh, uh, they're terrible. I mean, it's just terrible. But I mean, I think that uh, speaking of New Jersey, I think this year is going to be good for them. I think you know, obviously, there's a lot of a lot of baseball, but looking at the construction of their roster, it looks pretty decent. Um, mm-hmm. And they, I think they have a chance to compete again. Uh, they usually are. They usually yeah. feel a pretty good team. And I think, you know, they're one of those organizations that kind of in the same way as the Miners run by some of the same people. Um, yep. And, you know, they do a really good job um, of playing, you know, really good baseball and putting a, a product out there that fans want to see. Uh, so, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Obviously, Quebec, you can never count out. Yep. Trey Rivar can be really good, uh, depending on, you know, how yep. things shake out. They weren't great last year, obviously. Yeah, no, Ottawa's cer- certainly not great last year, and uh, I look for them to get better, too. I mean, they're... You know, they lose a manager. They replace him with a longtime uh, Ottawa champion, Sebastian Boucher. You know, I expect him to get better, too. Uh, like you're saying, I think New Jersey could be poised here. Uh, just kind of, uh, I guess, a sneak peek as to what I got as your final four there. I'm thinking if I had to pick right now, I'd say Rockland's certainly there. Sussex is certainly there. Quebec certainly there, and right now it's hard for me to pick that last spot because I really think uh, everyone else is fairly evenly matched. Yeah, I think it's going to kind of come down to those international games is where the determining factor is going to be. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Jackals could sneak in. I think you know Trey Rivard could be pretty good, um, and then obviously Ottawa could always be uh, no. threat there. Yeah, but I mean, they're Ottawa still. Uh, in any case. <laughs> they're Ottawa. Still. They're still Ottawa. I mean, I looked at the roster and not to give too much away, but. There's not much that's really jumping out at me. Once again, also, first-time manager coming through, even though he's been a coach before, you know, that's what scares me there. Jackals also, a lot of, uh, you know, shuffling chair decks with managers in the past years. I mean, past five years, five different managers. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's uh, not exactly ideal there. Um, You can't have stability. Um, That's an issue there. Uh, Trevier, I mean, again... I didn't see much out of them last year. They got in, but, I mean, they did push the Myers a little bit. But, they did, yeah. And even still, I, I don't I don't feel very inspired when I watch them play. <laughs> I really feel like, it's, once again, you get that kind of class difference where we know, okay, Quebec's going to be good, Rockland's going to be good, and Sussex should be good again. 
So I really feel like that's where we're kind of at there. I agree. Those three teams are going to be good. And and obviously the, the big win last night for, for Sussex kind of gives you that confidence to say that they'll still be there. But who knows? I mean, Exactly. It's one game. It's very early. Yeah, especially with these Can-Am League teams. They can have guys gone, you know. Well, like, yeah, no, easy. very quickly <laughs> in and out the door. And once again, so it's extremely early. This is early when we did the uh, first talk through of the Atlantic League. Yeah. So, I mean, anything can change here. Obviously, they got their banner racing tonight, so it would be last night for all of you. And, uh, you know, it's going to be an interesting first series there, which, once again, I thought was a very interesting decision for uh, to have one game in Rockland and go to Sussex and then go back to Rockland. I thought either OK will open up on Thursday in Sussex or on Saturday in there. But I guess, like, when I look through, I guess, because each team wants a weekend date. Right. So, I mean, obviously, if you're... Sussex, you don't want to go and say, well, I don't want to lose my Friday for a Thursday game. And then if you're Rockland, you don't want to go, well, I don't want to lose, you know, my Saturday date because Saturday's going to be a higher concentrate day. So I guess that's it. But, no. I mean, it makes sense from a business standpoint. You want to have the most weekend games possible. I mean, those, exactly. we've been to plenty of those middle-of-the-week games. Oh, it's oh, dead. The attendance is uh, Oh, it's dead. Ooh. <laughs> The only time they draw in the middle of the week is the Thursday, Thursday when the beer is cheap hey. and the Corona Tuesday when the beer is cheap. That's yep. really about the size of it there. That or if there's some sort of amazing discount or promotion, that's about it. Right. But, uh, you know, looking forward to uh, seeing the Miners play again. Looking forward to really going to as many of these uh, home openers and as games as possible because these are really enjoyable. So. Yeah, they're enjoyable games. They're great games. And uh, for all of you who are listening, if... Uh, you know, obviously, you're not keeping up with uh, some of the teams on a on a week to week basis outside of the podcast. Hmm. It's always a good thing to just go to take your family to a game, uh, and it's a yeah. great way to get some baseball and really understand uh, the beauty of the game in its most purest form. I think uh, in the independent leagues. Yep, and it's just it's a fun night out. It's fairly inexpensive, and you know, something to go to. So with that, I think the Can Am League summarized pretty good. Let's go ahead. And move now to the, um, eh, we'll go Frontier, I suppose, being that uh, they've played the most. Uh, with the Frontier, once again, it's very early on. It's kind of hard to judge it. Um, most teams are sitting around either 2-3, and 3-2, three, three and two, or 4-2. and two. I mean, that's how most of them have sh- shook out so far. So, once again, it's hard to say who's really going to be jumping out here. A lot of, uh, of high-scoring games, though. Yeah, a lot of high-scoring games. Uh, like you said, very much an even league more so than, than some other leagues. I mean, I think that um, we've seen a, a good disparity uh, between kind of the rich and the, and the not-so-rich in terms of talent-wise in the Atlantic League, but we haven't really seen that in the Frontier League. A lot of just kind of good teams uh, all across the board pretty much to this point. Yeah, no, definitely that's the case. Uh, obviously, once again, though, it's, like, I want to go into and talk a lot about it, but there's just not much to really talk about here. And seeing as we're not that familiar with this league, once again, as we stated last week during like our little preamble at the end of the show, our focus is mainly with these uh, more Eastern leagues. Because the Eastern leagues are just kind of what we know. I mean, they're the teams we see the most often. So even though there's always a lot to turn over in independent league baseball, uh, it's the ones you can kind of gauge the easiest, I suppose, is uh, the best way of putting it. Um... Although, I just want to say, though, the Gateway Grizzlies, let me tell you, man, it's a great name. I like Gateway because they made it easier to do the preview. And once again, when we get to uh, American, I'll give the Saints their five minutes. But uh, Saints <laughs> Baseball, thank you for using Baseball Reference on your page. It let me close tabs and made my job a lot easier. I greatly appreciate that. 
<laughs> you don't understand how much I appreciate things like that. Because so many teams, they just, they'll either use point streak, which is okay if you're staying in league. But if you're not in league, it doesn't have anything. And then you gotta go through and copy and paste each name into baseball reference, and then you gotta find all of it, and then it's just a whole process, and it takes forever and a day. But yeah, no, so far in the season, it's really looked like, uh, Gateway and Florence have really kind of jumped out yeah. in the, in the West, and that's to be expected when you looked at everything. Uh, Southern Illinois Miners, they've struggled a little bit, uh, you know, it's not that, like, once again, it's very hard for me to judge anything here. Uh, then also, watching the games is kind of difficult, too. It's not the easiest way of getting a hold of it, even though they stream for free on the thing. It's uh, still not the easiest thing. Lake Erie's also jumped out, but like I said, really the only thing we can tell you so far is uh, that Southern Maryland and Washington need to get their uh, act together. Yeah, the so- Southern Illinois Miners really have, like you said, struggled a little bit out of the gate. Um, but again, it's six games. Uh, and then, same thing kind of with the Washington Wild things. Great name, but, uh, two and five isn't gonna get it done. Uh, but like you said, they're sitting at two and five, but they're only two and a half games back. So, I mean, it's, just, exactly. it's one of those things where it's so easy, uh, early on that it's hard to kind of gauge where everything is, especially not being as familiar as we are with teams or organizations. But, uh, certainly I know that, uh, Southern Illinois, is uh, continually a pretty, uh, you know, high-quality organization. So, uh, mm. you know, I mean, just looking at the way their roster is constructed, they should be all right, but, you know, I, I think that it's, again, another one of those things where if you have guys who leave and, you know, this can be a, a team that kind of like uh, we talk about with Southern Maryland can be very hot and cold and can kind of either be really good or they can wind up where they are right now sitting in last place. Uh, so I think there's a lot, a lot of baseball left to be played in the Frontier League. And then, uh, obviously the great name, uh, only sitting at three and four right now is the Juliet Slammers. Oh, yeah, uh, no. It's a great name. Definitely <laughs> champion last year. They're looking to repeat here and Disney's a great name. I like how they call the ballpark the clink. Yeah, uh, uh, it's great. They've planned on a name and I appreciate that with independent league ball. You have to play to your thing here. Uh, part of me wants to see the, uh, the Jackals call Yogi Bear the Den or something to play on the Jackal bit. Right. I mean, hell, you can even really call the uh, Rockland Ballpark the Quarry. Yeah, you could call it the Quarry. Yeah, there I mean, you go. <laughs> I, I'm giving you free things here. I mean, like, come on. I mean, Sussex kind of plays into it. Their team store is the company store, so kind of mining right, thing. Kind of, yeah. But, I mean, Skylands, the Lemming, it's Skylands, so Skylands it's fine. Skylands is a different thing, right? It's fine, but I kind of like to call it the mine or something. But I guess that's a little <laughs> too on the nose. Yeah, it's a little on the nose. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, there's that. Uh, let's see, what else is there really? I mean, it's kind of hard for everybody else. I mean, like, the Capital Eagles, I mean, you could go with French, uh, the French name for a nest, but, I mean... Yeah, yeah. I mean, culture, I'm not sure how much that translates. Yeah, I don't so, know how much that Yeah, is. and then uh, with Ottawa Champions, I mean, like, there's not much you could really yeah, do with not, that. Yeah, I'm pulling a whole lot out of there. <laughs> We're in the Hall of Fame. It's the Will I Am song. <laughs> it's the Will I Am song. It's 2008 all again. Oh, wait, copyright strike. Oh, my. Oh, damn. Uh, well, I already mentioned Old Town Road, so we're, uh, we're we got two already on this uh, one show. Uh, oh, no. Uh, Good thing I stopped putting these up on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> Really good, damn! You can struck for everything, but yeah, no. Uh, then let's quickly go ahead and finish up with the American Association and then wrap up real quick. They've only played most teams haven't even played yet. So like half the leagues only played, and of that, uh, teams you kind of expect to win one, but even still, one game. Once again, one game can't judge anything, as we've been kind of adamant about it. You can't uh, judge much off of one game. Uh, game I do want to talk about though is Milwaukee and St. Paul. Yep. 
pretty good game. Milwaukee's first official game as a franchise. Uh, St. Paul opening up the new baseball museum there. Yeah, no, the baseball museum is just to the history of baseball in the Twin Cities, so uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul. It's very nice. It's an interesting ballpark. It's very uh, clever. Very nice. And, uh, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, the ballpark's nice, and the game was uh, was crazy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, 13, the lights shut off. Uh, obviously, St. Paul is a good team, is going to be a good team. I'm interested to see how Milwaukee does. Uh, like you said, that ballpark looks gorgeous uh, out in St. Paul. Um, but especially the museum, that was yeah, that's really a nice touch. Really a nice touch. Yeah, they were showing that on the broadcast a little bit. Very nice museum. Very nice. Yeah, and I think that that's one of those things where we talked about it last week a little bit. And preserving the history of the game, especially for these independent leagues, is so important. I mean, you're dealing with with things that can be easily washed away in history, and it mm-hmm. can be so crucial to really understanding what the impact of baseball is on a national level. Exactly, exactly that. Um, St. Paul did get off to a rough start in that game, just to bring it back to baseball. Yeah. Um, four runs first inning, but then they shut it down until the 13th, where one got through, but 13 innings on opening day is a, a rough draw there, especially when then the lights that are on a timer go off. <laughs> and apparently there's a curfew in that league. I didn't realize it. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there, yeah. Yeah, there's a midnight curfew. No games can go beyond midnight. Oh. So... They're, they're, they're just snuck in under the wire there because they went over it with the delay, but that doesn't count for game time. So they said, okay, once you get to the end of the inning, this is the bottom of 13th at that point, then we're going to delay it and we'll pick it up tomorrow, which apparently is going to be rain going through the area. So they really wanted to try and get this in. And luckily Milwaukee said, not a problem. We'll end it. <laughs> we'll win it. Uh, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, obviously it's a great, great game for Milwaukee. That's a really awesome first day. Um, really awesome first game, uh, and yeah. I think that uh, you know, going on from from there, I think the the you know, from for the for them as an organization, this has been really a stepping stone moment to be able to win in that kind of a fashion in a big game like that. Really awesome, uh, really you know, good for for them, uh, yeah. the milkmen, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so really cool, really cool opening uh, for them, obviously. 13 inning game, like shut off, everyone's going crazy. Uh, you know, a road game nonetheless. Uh, really cool for them. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, as we move forward, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of go along. But, you yeah, know, it's always good to get off on the winning foot to start a franchise. And, uh, yeah, no, overall, I think that's about as good as an overview we can go real quick. Obviously, like we said, early next week, there will actually be the preview episode out. That should be out Monday at the latest. And, uh, yeah, no, with that, I think we can kind of just do the plugs and get out of here. Anything else to add? Uh, no, just make sure everybody goes and gives us a listen and a, a subscribe. Power rankings are up right now. IndieBallReport.com to find those. IndieBallReport on Instagram and IndieBallPod on Twitter. That's where you can find us. And tune in Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and Podomatic for the podcast. Like, rate, review, you know, the standard deal. Subscribe to it, share it with your friends, annoy your family with it. You know, the standard <laughs> deal. And make sure you get out to your local independent team to support them. Season's in full swing now, whether we mentioned you or not. Basically, every league's going right now. Uh, Utica League there, the one that has the, all the games in the same one. I think United, United Shore Professional League, I believe it is. 
uh, they're playing too. We didn't really cover them. They're not that big of a league. Empire League starting up soon. Uh, once again, not that big of a league. They'll be mentioned when they play uh, Sussex, and that's about it. And then there's the uh, Pacific Association that starts up in June. So be sure to watch out for your local team, local league, and be sure to support them there. Uh, with the plugs out of the way and everything all said and done, uh, be sure to comment what you want in the future from us. And until next time, don't forget to play ball.